back to a special edition of Stars Volta. This is QB Club, and we are going to analyze some of the top quarterbacks going into the 2023 season for college football. And we're going to do that with a panel of college, former college quarterbacks and one who is currently a professional quarterback. Our panel is Kevin Anderson, who played at Marshall and Fordham and just recently won the XFL championship with the Arlington Renegades. We also have Jeff Supernall, who played at Loris College as a quarterback there and also high school coaching up in the Madison area. And then uh, the final panelist is Warren Arnold, who was my high school quarterback and then also played football at Valparaiso University, where he played against Jim Hardball, who was coaching University of San Diego. And Warren was also uh, had a quarterback coach named Jeff Christensen. You might have heard of him or seen him in the latest documentary of quarterback. He's Patrick Mahomes' quarterback coach and also Jimmy G. Uh, but Warren's not that great. He's just uh, he's just OK. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But we'll we'll get into it. We're going to break down some quarterbacks. Each each quarterback, former quarterback here had two quarterbacks that are going into the 2023 season that they analyze their tape and they're going to go over accuracy. We're going to look at arm strength decision-making, pocket presence, and athleticism. So the first quarterback that we'll, we'll go with is Drake May. He had an outstanding freshman season, but the end of his season was kind of on the downturn. They went 9-5, and five, but he lost his last four games, including a thumping by Clemson in the ACC Championship. And then they also lost to Oregon in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, 28 to 27. A lot of the success of North Carolina, if it's going to happen this year, is going to come from Drake May. They lost two of their starting receivers to the NFL, but they do have a good running back coming back. And May has some good legs himself. Warren, tell us what you think is going to happen in 2023 from Drake May. Yeah, I mean, Drake May is is... Definitely an NFL type talent. He's he's a big guy, six four, two hundred and thirty pounds. So he's got he's got a lot of uh of what it takes to really make it at the next level. You did mention that that he he lost two guys, Josh Downs and Antoine Green to the NFL. Uh, Downs going to the third round to the Colts and, and Antoine Green going to the Lions. So that's gonna be tough for him because they he those two guys actually accounted for over 40% of his passing yards last season. So between the two of them, they had, they had close to 150 catches. And so that's that's a tough thing to, to make up for with him going into this season. They do have two transfers that are coming in. A guy, Nate McCollum, that's coming from Georgia Tech, who had 60 catches for over 650 yards last year with Georgia Tech. So he's going to be a nice addition for them. So I would expect to see, to see them uh, hooking up quite a bit. The other guy he had come in was Pez Walker who's from Kent State, who he had 58 catches for 921 yards last year. It was the first team all-MAC selection. Uh, so he's going to be, you know, he's a speedy receiver, so he would be somebody else that, that Drake May would look to use as a, a deep threat on this team. Looking at, at Drake May himself in terms of uh, his capabilities as a, as a player, you know, looking at his accuracy, you know, he, he completed over 66% of his passes last year. So his accuracy, I would rate it at an 8.7. There are times where on deep throws, he does come up a little bit short on guys. It's not for lack of uh, arm strength. He's got plenty of arm strength, but but uh, just being able to, to float the ball in there in certain situations, he he. He seems to uh, miss throw every once in a while, but but overall very very accurate thrower. And I mentioned arm strength. You know he's he's got a really big arm, 
can make all the throws. It will make throws off his back foot at times, which is obviously not ideal, but but he's got the arm strength to be able to make up for it. May with a shot up the seam and strike just what they needed. Antoine Green to the house. And so for that reason, I'd rate his arm strength at a 9.3. In terms of decision-making, for the most part, he's been, he was pretty solid throughout the year, but where he would get into trouble is at times he would struggle to make the decision quick enough when the pocket's collapsing. And, and because of that, he was getting sacked quite a bit. He was sacked 40 times on the year. And so is my rate, ranking for him on decision-making is an 8.4. Um, and, and continuing on with that, that 40 sacks on the season, in terms of pocket presence, you can tell that there are times when he doesn't feel comfortable because there's pressure coming in. He doesn't recognize that, that uh, a blitz is coming and, and quickly check down to some of his uh, running backs out of the backfield or hot receivers, and and uh, he gets kind of swallowed up by the pocket when when he feels that pressure. So his pocket presence, I rated him at a 7.4. He does he does uh, step up well when when there is a pocket for him, and and he does have enough enough athleticism to be able to get outside the pocket at times and extend plays. Um, but in terms of being in the pocket itself, he, he sometimes does he does uh, uh, struggle with with pressure when when defenses bring a blitz. And then going into his his athleticism overall, he's for a big guy, a six four quarterback. He runs a a, a fast forty time, running in the, the high four fives, low four sixes. So that's really moving for a big guy like that. He has the ability to make people miss at times in the open field. So overall, his athleticism, I rated him at an eight point seven. For his size, he's definitely very athletic um, and can move around. And 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 that shows from his. You know, his ability to, to rush for almost uh, 700 yards, he averaged about 3.8 yards a carry on 184 carries on the season. So, you know, that's very impressive for, for a big, big pocket type quarterback, at least by the look of him. But but he's got he's got some mobility and, and uses that to his advantage uh, when he needs to. Yeah. So the first game that Drake May should be circling his calendar is on, on September 2nd. It's a, a night game against South Carolina, neutral site. It's an opportunity for him to, to showcase what he can do against an SEC opponent and really get people talking about him in in the Heisman you know conversation early on this season. And then the other two games that he really needs to circle are the last two games of the season, November 18th and November 25th at Clemson and at NC State. You know, those are two games that they lost last year. Um, got beat pretty bad by Clemson, so he needs to come back against those two teams and really have a, a strong showing against against each of them. And it will go a long way in helping him to solidify his resume going into the final voting for the Heisman, which would just be a few weeks after that. So the South Carolina game should be pretty good. Uh, there's another quarterback in that game, Spencer Rattler. He's been around for a while. He was in QB1 been a bunch of different teams right so he actually showed out a little bit last year be interesting to see you know who's the best quarterback in that game and uh, there are some sneaky things on that schedule you know they barely escaped with a win with app state they play him again next year looks like they play minnesota and in as you mentioned that clemson game and miami i think will be big too so be interesting to see what he does without those weapons but so drake may it's going to be interesting to see if he gets invited to New York to see if he's one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. All right. Uh, so our next quarterback is not the Heisman winner. It's not Caleb Williams, but it's a guy who showed out and beat Caleb Williams in the bowl game and in, in the Cotton Bowl. We have Michael Pratt from Tulane, who just so happens to be from the same hometown as our quarterback, 
Kevin Anderson. Kevin, tell us what you saw from Michael Pratt last year and what do you expect from him and the Green Wave this year? Well, I've seen a lot from Michael Pratt, and I got to say, you know, knowing him, seeing him kind of grow up, he was the quarterback who took over after I left Boca High, and he didn't graduate from there, but, you know, he ended up moving to another school and chased the state championship, did a phenomenal job there as well. So I got to see him kind of a little bit under microscope and can't speak even higher, any higher to the kind of just gamesmanship the kid has. So he is just a classic kind of absolute baller where, you know, he's in a game, he's in the thick of it. He wants to make that big time throw and take a big time hit. Um, So even back in 2021, which um, was his sophomore year, I believe, you know, he went toe to toe at Oklahoma against Caleb Williams when he was at Oklahoma. Um, And so that they ended up losing by five points, 40 to 35 was a gutsy performance. You know, fourth fourth down run conversions with him running and lowering his shoulder on people. So just an incredibly gutsy competitor, which is really one of the things that I wanted to add when talking about this evaluation. You know, I kind of put that a little bit with the decision making, like what kind of a guy are you? You know, are you somebody who thrives with that kind of last, you know, two minutes on the clock, two minute drill? You know, so um I'll show you guys a little bit of film that I had on him here. All right, so for our first category, accuracy, I gave Michael Pratt a nine. All right, this is a play here where they're kind of getting UFC off, uh, um, offsides with a um, dummy call, dummy cadence. They're playing with tempo. Guys are still getting set. You know, you look at the clock here, 22 seconds. You know, this just speaks to the kind of, you know, true competitor he is. Every big game, he shows up the most. You know, this is clearly a one high variation where you see number nine is not getting set. You know, we got two backers pushing to the field, which seemed to be some sort of miscommunication, but I really love his eyes. You know, I can tell right when he catches the first snap, his eyes are grilled on the post safety. You know, he's seen the post safety either rotate away or not in a good location. And we talk about ball location on the seams on the 30-yard line, and it's caught down to the 10. So we look at that seam window as an 18- to 22-yard window. Now, to be able to throw those types of plays, you have to be incredibly good at understanding how to dictate a safety and throw into a zone. So now on a play here, as we continue to talk about his accuracy, this is one where I'd say this isn't a first read. So a lot of the other ones, you know, it's easy to be accurate on your first read. But this is one, as you see him scan left, back to a full field progression with a drive concept coming back over the middle here and throws an absolute laser. So he's on the 33-yard line, and this ball just drills the guy straight in the chest on the 25. So I was kind of segueing my way into arm strength where, you know, a lot of guys, as they start to change their throwing angles where his feet, his hips are aligned there. And now they're aligned here. It, it becomes a balance factor. And so your head position is something you can lose a lot. Now I think NFL coaches see a, a big six, three tall kid sit in the pocket and throw a rope like this with his head barely moving. You know, that really displays not only accuracy through uh, progression, but arm strength on, you know, a 25 yard seed. All right, now we talk about why did I not give him a 10? All right, now this isn't one here, but I gave him a nine. This is balls in the middle of the field. We see the safeties getting out into a cover two. So talking about that whole shot throw that, you know, as we all know, is that's a very hard throw to begin with. Now this safety is getting off the hash, the pre-snap alignment about 13, 14 yards. You know, whole shot is still an 18 to 22-yard throw. Now they're doing this off of an RPO with a designed stick. So now when you do it like that, you're having to show eyes and he's pump faking. He's trying to get the corner to bite. 
Now, when you do that, that doesn't really keep the safety on the hash. So, you know, I expect this to be more of a 18 to 17 yard hole shot for an 18 to 22. Lower, more on the lower side, balls on the 54, balls caught on the 34, 35. So, you know, about 19, 20 yards, that 18 to 22 yard window on a rope. You know, he's pump faking. He knows he's got to beat the safety and he throws a seed down the sideline. So, as far as arm strength on the intermediate balls, his one ball is very impressive. Now, his deep ball is, is also impressive. However, it's not necessarily a Josh Allen deep ball. That's why I didn't give him 10. Now, we talk about deep balls and different uh, variations of what we want to throw. You know, is 41 to 44 yards versus off zone, 35 to 38 yards versus man. You know, this one here is another example of a deep over. Uh, ball's on, you know, 35, and he's throwing another 30-yard just line drive. So we get to that, that deep ball discussion of 41 to 44. Okay, so we look at a press man variation where it's, hey, we want 35 to 38. That's when he throws it out in front exactly at 35 yards. The reason we say that is because, you know, you don't exactly get the top speed when you have somebody playing press in front of you. All right, so now we've got an off, same game, same guy. We've got an off, it's cover four. So, you know, still man, man, uh, off man tendencies. You know, we got a man turn here by the corner. But, you know, we got uh, eight yards of separation that he's got to make up. So now this is when we want it in that 41 to 44-yard range. So ball's on the 44. You know, we'd like this ball to land on the goal line. Um, so here now he kind of puts it on the guy's head at the 45. These are the ones where I'd say, hey, you know, if we're having the ball land on the goal line, that guy might separate a little bit longer. Um, you know, and Pratt does a really good job being athletic and keeping his head still. Now, this is one where I feel like at the top of his drop, he's not holding his base enough. He's very much weight. You know, there's not a lot of bend in his knees. He's up on his toes. Where if he wanted to throw it further, I, I guarantee he could. You know, this is one that I'd say, hey, let's let's squat a little further and let this thing rip. All right, now, as we progress into – so arm strength was a nine, accuracy was a nine. Decision-making was an eight. Now, decision-making was an eight, um, more so based on his completion percentage. You know, I think when he when he finds the open guy and he's in a good position, he is very accurate. Well, I gave him a nine. Now, his stats, you know, this year he finished 63%, but he started at 56 his first year, 58 the next year. So he's slowly been climbing, which is a great trend for NFL prospects. Now, on this play here, we just show his absolute athleticism. This kid is super crafty, you know, dead to right to DNs, just unblocked. We've got, you know, an MA here by the left tackle on the slide. And he just makes a miss in a phone booth. Um, so the guy's athleticism is not Lamar Jackson from a linear speed, but he's got enough to where he can work a pocket. And then this is, you know, accuracy on the run. Like this is the stuff that, yeah, is he on time? Is he working through concepts? No, this is being a gamer. And I think this is sometimes when he's at his best, you know, on the run, I like to talk about getting our back shoulder and back hip through a throw. So you see he's, you know, if you saw that QB1 documentary with Patrick Mahomes, you know, all that um, thoracic spine mobility, that rotational stuff on the move, you know, he's got that fluidity where, and, and you know, he's just a true athlete. Um, now, fourth and six, minute 30 left, he's weaving through a pocket where we see we've got a stunt here by the D-line, slight stunt with potentially a spy, um, you know, or he's, yeah, it might have been a spy that just really shouldn't have went with the back. You know, but they did have a pre-aligned dropper for anything. Fourth and six, biggest biggest game of his life. You know, he's making plays 
on a continuous basis. Um, you know, only a couple more here now. As far as athleticism and the, the running ability, um, I put him an 8.5 because you're not going to design runs for him. Now, this is a designed run power read. However, it, the design of this play really stems on a jet sweep and a lot of flow. So it's a misdirection play that is favorable for an, a, a quarterback, right? So you see, as you get the wash on the power, you know, power can sometimes cut back backside a gap, which happens here. You get a wash. Um, so now he's really just showing his speed, which, you know, I don't know what he'll run at the combine, but it's more than enough where you can work with him and he can, he can add that element. As far as Michael Pratt as a whole, I think, you know, he plays amazing in his biggest games. And his two losses last year against UCF, he had three touchdowns passing, zero picks, one rushing touchdown. Um, and lost against Southern Miss, he had one touchdown, one pick, and uh, but a 65% completion percentage, which is one of his best on the year. Um, now, with that, he had 81 rushing yards. So there's never a game where he doesn't show up. Last year, he had eight games where he had at least one passing touchdown. Um, so he's a guy with a 27 to 5 touchdown interception ratio. And when we're looking at a quarterback and efficiency, it is, you know, over 65%, um, three to one ratio, touchdown interception. Now, he's sitting at a five to one ratio, which I think speaks to, you know, his ability to not turn the ball over. You know, his overall completion percentage and his yardage is a little bit on the lower side. And I think that is the reason why I gave him a, you know, an eight on the decision making because, you know, he's not getting those extra yards with a little bit lower completion percentage. So, you know, being consistently accurate and making the right decision. Now he does have incredible big play making ability. Um, so, you know, upcoming th uh, this season, the game of the year for him, because, you know, he could have left last year, 11 and two season beating USC. You know, you got to leave when you're hot and, you know, a little bit of concerning that he didn't, even though it was a really heavy class. So now there's another heavy class. He's coming out with Caleb Williams he needs to continue this, which is never easy. But Ole Miss, September 9th um, at Tulane. So, and now I don't know if that's a neutral site or not, but, you know, he lost this year to UCF at home, lost to Southern Miss this year at home, then beats UCF their conference championship. Um, so, you know, wins at Cincinnati, wins at Kansas State. So he almost plays better when he's not at home. So I don't know if it's, hey, we're getting away to the hotel, you know, more business trip mentality. But, you know, he's got to be circling this on his calendar of if I'm going to be a first round draft pick, it's because I'm going to do something crazy against Ole Miss at home. Um, so really yeah. looking forward to that for him, you know, just constantly rooting for him in general. Yeah, like you said, the, the game of year, it is at at Tulane, which is kind of crazy. It's not at the uh, Mercedes or whatever they call it now, whatever the Saints stadium's called now it's actually at Tulane in their stadium second week of the season against Ole Miss so looking at their schedule they do not play SMU SMU wasn't that great last year but they're they're always sneaky good as you mentioned throughout their schedule they lost Southern Miss they played them again Memphis is always tough so playing Memphis on October 13th should be interesting and then down the road I think it's the last game of the season UTSA playing them Frank Harris is coming back he's pretty electric yeah so funny enough you know I talked to both those quarterbacks Frank Harris and Michael Pratt and uh you know Frank came off player of the year in his conference UTS UTSA's all-time player and both those guys have gone to Manning Passing Academy together and have built a little bit of a friendship the two of them so I know that both of those guys are going to be circling that game, you know, as a competitive 
Um, both elite players that both have a shot at the NFL level, you know, last game of the season with a lot of uh, implications on the line. That should be something to see. So I think what, what he did against Caleb Williams in that Cotton Bowl was unbelievable. Like, And, and if I may, like USC is USC is a totally different caliber of recruiting class year in and year out, you know, across the board. So when you measure an elite quarterback, you know, when I'm evaluating a quarterback, I don't even watch the conference games that I know are watch. You know, because I want to see what a guy is going to do against the best competition. And I think even NFL scouts, you know, they start to float those games up to the top when they're evaluating. Second and goal. Fires. Touchdown. 